Hey there. Um, I just, I feel like it's been a while and then I feel like my last recording wasn't really like, oh, I'm going to talk about what's going on in my life. I'm just going to talk about a show I watched, you know, and I feel like I could have gone into depth into further, yeah, much more depth when it came to talking about enlightened or it would have been like I've said before I I want to have other people to talk to on my podcast but it's like I have to make that effort and to ask people you know and I and I kind of just did it in a spur of the moment kind of thing and I don't think anyone else had really seen enlightened I'm pretty sure the few people who um, listened to it were like what the hell's enlightened <laughs> but I feel like it was such like a moment of it's time show like I sorry I, I'm like driving and Ugh. what the heck um, but anyways Yeah, um, before I wanted to talk about Enlightened, I wanted to talk about The Real World. Because I watched season three of The Real... Real... The Real World. Real World San Francisco. And I thought it would be a good time to talk about it. I feel like... I don't know, there's something about The Real World always was like, oh wow, like... It's a group of strangers living in a house together. It's like anything could happen. And I remember like when I was like a teenager in middle school, high school, reality TV was this like up and coming thing where like the hills and Laguna Beach and the real world and the real world challenge and Fear Factor, all these other forms of reality TV had taken a life of their own and they were like becoming a big form of entertainment, you know, through television. And, uh, and yeah, like I grew up watching America's Next Top Model too. And it's like that really influenced me in a way. And it's like, um, But I remember what stood out to me about the real world. And I forget where this... I want to say it's like the real world. God, where was this filmed? I don't know if it's like they already did New Orleans and this was a different New Orleans. But I forgot what season it was too. But it was like the real world... Oh my god, where were they? In Boston? No, I don't remember what town or city. But they I just remember the most memorable thing about that cast was the the they had a trans woman on there and she had just gotten like gender confirmation surgery or SRS uh sex reassignment surgery, whatever you wanna call it. <laughs> Um, and so I was like, oh my God, what, like, there's a trans person on 
like the real world and she is like talking about her surgery and like I and then like looking at her too I just I was shocked because like I didn't know she was gonna be in the cast like I wasn't I didn't watch the previews and think like oh they're like promoting a trans person I just like kind of was like oh new season of the real world I'm gonna check it out and it was like mind-boggling and that was like my first introduction into fully watching a season of the real world and there was I remember this other guy who there was a Mormon guy on there there was this guy who was like really hunky and like a bodybuilder or not a bodybuilder but like he was very much in shape and it turned out that he used to be like a stripper or like did some kind of adult entertainment and he was I had a crush on him and there was a Hispanic guy I don't know if he was like Mexican Puerto Rican Colombian something but he was fully gay and now and there was this girl who, like, kind of looked like, um, who's that girl who was dating that guy from One Direction, Lewis Thompson, um, Olivia Wilde, Olivia Wilde, is that her name? Some, she kind of looked like a, her, but a mix of Angelina Jolie, and she was just kind of like the cool, edgy one. And I forgot who else was on that show, that cast of the Real World. But and I, I don't, I should have looked it up before because I didn't really think I was going to talk about this. But it was just like, wow, and I don't. It's just. Yeah, I was just like, wow, I want to be part of that somehow. Like, I want to experience something like that, you know. And I don't know, I was just very captivated by, like, a good amount of the people on this cast. And um, I think further on, like, the real world was just kind of, like, becoming this, like, more... They were more, like, gearing towards, like, big drama and big arguments and having tension in the house and so I feel like later seasons turn more so into that and that's kind of when I like cared more about having a social life so I wasn't paying attention to TV as much but um yeah like I was always curious about the real world San Francisco season three I, I think it came out or it was filmed in 1993 and that's when the year I was born like literally it was so almost 30 years ago and yeah it's gonna be 30 years and I just know that was a memorable year because it was the first I don't know if it was the first time they had a gay guy on it but what's what was like monumental about Pedro yeah, Pedro Zamara, he had AIDS. He had HIV. And it fully turned into AIDS. And he was just very much like... You can see throughout the season him visibly getting more sick. Like, he just was 
you know, struggling with his health. And it's kind of, like, crazy to think that during that time, they were so open and comfortable with wanting to share his story, especially with, like, who he was and what he did as a You know, he spoke about HIV AIDS. He was very passionate about educating people and, like, really trying to beat down the stigma, you know, around AIDS. And he was very much, I think, inspirational to a lot of people. And I think a lot of the castmates on the, in the house want to be accepting and welcoming towards him. And I think pretty much they all became really good friends with him. And it was just sad how, like... I'm, like, even getting emotional just talking about it. It's, like, I never even met him. Like, he's not, he no longer is alive. And it's, like, why am I so touched by it? But he just really, it it really amazed me how he was, like, we're all different. We all come from different backgrounds. And I want to, like, be able to meet in the middle with everyone and, find common ground like still be friends and for the most part he did that you know and I don't know it was just so cool that it was captured you know and we can still go back and watch it um and it's crazy too because like for some reason Hulu has just two seasons I think I think it's either two seasons or a few more of the real world up like they don't have fully the whole collection of all their seasons they just have season three and then a more like a season from like 2014 or 2015 something like that and I'm just like what the heck like why why just these two seasons you know but yeah I'm like so glad I was able to watch the real world San Francisco like it, even, you know, even though Pedro was, like, such a big takeaway from this show, like, I think the whole cast was very much interesting in its own way. Like, Puck Rainey, um, he was the one, the big troublemaker, the wild child, party guy, skater, like, um, what are, the daredevil, like, he was just all over the place in a way, but at the same time, he just seemed to be so incredibly sensitive and deep. But there's certain things about him that just blocked him off from being fully empathetic or wanting to connect. And, you know, like, if you watch it, he eventually had, he got kicked out of the house. Like, they voted him out because, like, he was causing so much problems and not just with one person but with everyone and then you have Pam and Judd and then they end up getting I like I can't I feel like I can't give spoilers because like it's been out there it's like I'm sorry but yeah Pam and Judd end up getting married after the show and it's funny how like on the show Judd is like trying to date and meet women and some of the stuff he says I was just like very much of the of its time 
kind of problematic now. Like, I'm not going to be, like, up in arms about it because it's just how they felt comfortable talking in the 90s. It was somewhat socially acceptable to say what some of the things he said. But it's, like, I just remember he's one of the things that stood out to me that he said, he was, like, I want to meet loose women. And I'm, like, who talks like that? But he just wanted to have fun, you know. And, yeah, like, I was just, I glad him and Judd and Pam ended up getting married because it's like he was a cartoonist like an animator and artistic and he called himself a bad wedding liberal I had never heard that term so I looked it up and it's just like funny that he wanted he felt comfortable calling himself a bad wedding liberal and then Pam she's like went to Harvard she's working as a medical professional I don't even know if she was a full doctor but like she seems so legit and professional and incredibly smart but at the same time very open to like having these friendships and being on this like zany TV show on MTV and Um, she just made, she just seemed, like, very much open to connecting to everyone in the house and not, like, being snotty or snobby because, like, she went to Harvard and was so much smarter than people may have thought, you know? I don't know, it's just incredible, but, um... And then there was, uh, what was her name? Rachel, where she was like, I feel like I related to Rachel in some ways that scared me because it's like crazy to see how she's turned out where like, she was like, I grew up in a conservative Catholic household and she like, she went on that show wanting to like have fun, do her own thing. And she was kind of like, she shocked her roommates castmates with like how progressive she was being and liberated but at the same time still reverting to how she was raised of like a conservative constricting narrow-minded background you know like she was still very much involved with like the young republicans party or like being involved with Republicans and working for Republican politicians and you know I think at the time too it was just like there was more of a crossover where it's like even though it seemed like people were very much wanting to define themselves by a political party whether you were liberal, I mean, like, Republican or a Democrat or whatever, like, I feel like there is more of a fluidity and, like, open-mindedness that nowadays it's not that there isn't. And I do feel like, yeah, like, you can have friends who have different political views than you do, but when it comes to certain human rights, I completely see why people are like if you support 
so-and-so who wants to oppress or take away rights from a certain group of people, that's wrong and I don't want to be your friend. I don't want to socialize with you because of this big difference. Like, you're okay with oppressing other people. That's not okay with me. So I think it's like more than fine to take a stance on that and cut people out of your life because of it because like there shouldn't be like a tolerance for that like you should be everyone should be against wanting to mistreat people and being a bigot and prejudice and then so people on the right are like I'm okay with oppressing certain people if it gives me more fiscal leverage like I you know like less big government less taxes and oh like trans people get fucked oh Mexicans and anyone who's not a US citizen gets fucked like oh um, women can't have reproductive rights that's fine with me Like, I just don't... Like, I think there should be a party within the right that separates themselves from that, where it's like, I still want to be fiscally conservative, but I'm not going to, like, cross over and harm other people while doing it, you know? But it's like, at the same time, if your big motivation behind politics is financial advantages then do you really care about people at the end of the day no so it makes sense that you're part of a bigger party that is just fucking people over you know and harming people it's not even just about fucking people over it's like you're deliberately harming people and then acting like it's not a big deal and i that's what i don't like about today's politics is that They're, like, so much for the tolerant left who, I don't know, it's just, like, it's frustrating to hear that argument because it's, like, no, the people on the left actually care, you know? And I'm not saying everyone on the left is good or not hypocritical or don't... There isn't issues within the left. And I'm not going on this whole rant to defend the left either. Like, I have very much my own problems with the left, you know? But it's just interesting to, like, look back at their mindsets and Rachel as a person on how she was like trying to navigate this whole thing in the first and she was one of the people who like was like I don't know if I'm okay with having Pedro in the house like someone who has AIDS and makes a living out of like going around talking and educating people about AIDS like and she was just kind of also like it seemed like the fear mongering about AIDS and HIV had gotten to her a little bit and I think that just goes on especially in like very conservative Catholic households where Catholicism and just the problem with a lot of religions is there is a lot of fear mongering involved and ignorance and it's like being gay is very much not okay and if you have AIDS or any kind of something yeah something like AIDS HIV for and you're gay bisexual lesbian like trans that very much the catholics say it's because you're sin 
you're sinning, you're sinful. Like, you got that because God is punishing you. But it's like, when you really look at it, it's like God would never punish you in that way. God is supposed to be loving and accepting. And you as a Catholic person aren't supposed to place judgment on other people. You're supposed to... That's not up to you. And they... That's the thing I'm like... Catholics very much feel entitled to being hypocrites and judging people. And it's like just crazy that like... Even though Rachel was like... I'm on the real world. I'm living in San Francisco. I'm going to have fun with my friends. I'm going to explore. I'm going to get tattoos. I'm going to get piercings. I'm going to eventually be open and become really good friends with this man who's living with AIDS and is my roommate. Like, And I'm going to date this guy from who's like this wild guy or whatever. Like, I'm going to kiss him and hang out with him and... It was just very much like she allowed herself to have this freedom, but then reverted back. And, I mean, it's like, I don't know her whole life. I don't know everything. I'm just speaking on what I experienced and saw on the show. But, and then later looking her up, you know? But it was just, like, crazy to, like, I think that's a big common trope with people who grow up in conservative and Catholic homes and is that they like they think they're allowed to especially when they get away from their parents or live on their own for their first time they get to have fun and it's okay but like if anyone else is doing it it's still wrong or like you have to do a certain way to it for it to be okay and then as long as you revert to what you were being taught it's fine because then you're like resolving yourself from all the sins and stupid and like stupid stuff you did as a kid you know and as a teenager a young adult whatever and I don't know I just thought that was also a really interesting storyline like Rachel was a cute girl and it was you know it did disappoint me to see her not fully see what you know, I just, like, I think she lacked a little bit of self-awareness. Or maybe at some point she was just, like, unable to fully learn. Or, like, I don't know. It's, like, I don't know. Something happened where she was, like, I feel most comfortable reverting to how I was raised, you know. But I guess that's a common thing for a lot of people. I don't know it's like for me I was very much raised into that in in some of that you know but it's like with me it was also a dysfunctional version of it you know where it's like my parents divorced when I was young Um, my dad I experienced my dad being incredibly emotionally physically abusive and that you know traumatizing in its own ways where it's like I never want to be around that and being raised by a single mom I saw how independent and strong women can be and that was very inspirational for me you know but at the same time it fucked me up because like 
my mom, you know, was in a very much dysfunctional relationship with my dad. And then she continued to have dysfunctional relationships with men based on her own, like, you know, like, trauma and damage she suffered as a person. It's like, I don't know if she was fully capable of fully learning from that and um, ever, like, I don't know if to this day she's been able to have a healthy relationship with a man who's not, like, trying to oppress her or trying to shot, you know, like, muffle her and keep her from shining as bright as she could, you know? It's like, I believe when it comes to relationships, you're two stars, and whether you both shine bright or not, you should complement each other. Whether you want to be two stars who are hidden, and or one of you shines, and the other one it's fine being more in like the darkness whatever it's like as two people you should compliment one each other and want to make each other happy and I don't know if my mom's ever been like I'm really happy with this guy and I've never thought I could feel so you know free in a, a relationship because I feel like what my mom experienced growing up was her, you know, another dysfunctional relationship between her parents, you know, my grandparents. And even though they're still together to this day, their relationship was very much like not healthy, you know? And it's like, um, there's just been this cycle and it's like, when will I, you know, I think it's like growing up in dysfunctional households and abusive households. There's just going, you know, it's like every, if no one is breaking the cycle, you're just going to continue it, you know, whether you're aware of it or not, you know. And I feel like very much with my siblings, I've had this conversation where it's like it's up to us to break that these cycles like we have to learn even if it's difficult for us like yeah like it's unfair that we're facing these challenges and we've had the lives we've had and the experiences we've had but it's up to us otherwise we're just going to continue to hurt or be part of dysfunctional relationships you know and like if we choose to have children we don't want them to experience anything like we did you know and it's unfair if they were to be subjected to that and I think that's like another I don't know whatever like this is obviously another topic but I don't know it's just crazy um and that's like I just really much um, resonated with Rachel in that way. Not that she was in a, an abusive household or ever said her life was traumatic because if anything, her life was anything but. Like, it just seemed like it was cozy and 
structured and stable, you know, like it was very much stable from what I saw and I'm not saying she's not a well-rounded or healthy, happy person. I can't say that, you know. But it was just interesting to see that trope on there with her being like, I grew up Catholic, I'm Republican, but, and I'm going to have fun and be a little wild while I'm on this show. And I... Yeah, like, and it just seemed like she was learning and growing as a person, but then, based on how she lives her life now, she just, yeah, it was a little, a bit of a bummer to see her just, like, end up marrying a conservative guy and um, trying to fit in this cookie-cutter mold, you know? So it's like, uh, okay, that's, if that's what makes you happy, then... Who am I to, like, say anything or be judgmental, you know? But, um, yeah, and then, like, when the cast of San Francisco, I did, like, how they all got along, especially just with, like, um, Corey, this girl from, like, another girl who grew up in, it seemed like a very much sheltered, not sheltered, but, like, comfortable, structured household, who, I think she was Christian, she didn't fully talk about, like, her personal life or issues as much, she kind of just seemed like she was friends with everyone, and you see her like hit it off with Pedro right away they become like instant best friends and then she just kind of like over this uh season like becomes friends with everyone and bonds with them in their own way you know and she was it kind of just seemed like she was the safe middle person who was just friends with everyone and kind of would like want to keep the peace between everyone or create some kind of balance which I admired that she just seemed really sweet she kind of just reminded me of like someone I would be friends with and who I kind of would just drift apart with in the end because I feel like maybe I would be a bit too extreme for her or my experiences in life would be maybe too dark and unrelatable I don't know, maybe saying too dark is unfair, but, like, somewhat unrelatable, and then that's what would cause us to drift apart. But, yeah, and then there was Joe, who later came on towards the end of the show, and she replaced Puck when he was voted out. And Joe was this girl with, like, an accent who seemed to be very worldly. She was vegan, and she also became like friends with everyone like she was instantly very loved and welcomed by the castmates and she got really close with Rachel like they became like instant best friends and were doing it kind of just seemed like they were the same person they were sharing clothes and going out together and just they just seemed inseparable you know and Joe was this 
what stood out to me about her was that she was very much like it seemed like she was going through her own personal struggles with like she was like she had to go to court and um because she had like filed a restraining order on her ex so she had to go and deal with that and it just seemed like even though she didn't fully open up about it like she was very much affected by that relationship and it may have been traumatic you know and I mean I think any abusive relationship is going to be traumatic on different levels depending on what kind of person you are you know and Um, like, I admire her for sharing that aspect on the show, but also I admire her for, like, having restraint and not, like, like, wanting to have her own privacy in it. Like, not thinking, or not, I don't know, she was, like, maybe, I don't know what was going on in her head, but from what I gathered, she just seemed like, I still want my own privacy. I still don't feel the need to like spill everything just because I'm like on a TV show and I admired that and um but the whole thing with like seeing her ex and having you know go to court and getting a restraining order against him it just seemed like it was pretty emotional for her you know and um at the time I it was just like I somewhat was like, oh my god, like, I related or resonated with that because, like, I had been going through a breakup and my ex has, had been harassing me and I was, like, getting to the point where I'm like, am I gonna have to take out a restraining order? Like, is this what it's coming to for me like what's going on and I don't know I think it was just like also something that I'm glad I watched because all these thoughts and these people sharing a portion of themselves and their lives on this show and this whole experience is just kind of like unique and fun to watch you know it's like they are a bunch of strangers they all are moving in and meeting each other and then having this experience of living together and I don't know it's just I was like I think getting to see that or like having the real world exist just made me so curious and I think it was like ultimately what like for a good while, I went through a phase where I was like, I want to be on reality TV. I want to get my story out. Like, I want to influence people in a positive way if I can. Like, that would be so... It would be, like, my dream to be part of something like that, you know? And I often wondered, you know, I'm like, when can I ever audition? Like, is something... Is there going to be an opportunity that comes out for me? Am I not making the right effort? Like, how do I get on some kind of thing that will 
be kind of like a document reality TV kind of thing. Like, am I worthy of sharing my experiences and my life on... Like, am I entertaining in that way? Like, I don't know. I don't completely believe so now, but... Um, I just, I don't know, for a good while, I just wanted to be part of that, you know? And I think a lot of us might have. I don't know, maybe some people think it's the worst idea ever, but to me, it was very alluring, you know? It was very seductive. But looking back on it, I just think I just... Even though these people were young themselves, you know... I don't think I could have ever been fully open in a way that would have allowed to, would have have, yeah, like, I would never have been able to be relatable to people because, like, I feel like I've always been closed off in a way that up until maybe a few years ago, I just never, yeah, like, I don't think, I don't, it's just, like, now that I know so much more about myself and I've done all this work, I just, I don't know, I just don't think, maybe I'm being hard on myself, maybe I'm overthinking it, but it's, like, now maybe I could do it, but, yeah, like, being 18, 19, even my early 20s, I would have just been a mess, like, I really would have been. And I think I would want to look back and think I'm proud I that I was able to do that and that I got, you know, that this part of my life is being captured because I feel like now I can, like, um, wrap my head around it. But now I think back then it's just like something would have been off, you know, it, not, it wouldn't have gelled for me and the where I was mentally, emotionally. Um, I think I've come a long way, but at the same time, there's still a long way to go. I don't know where my life is going to take me or my journey is going to end up going. You know, like, I still feel like a lot of things are still up in the air. And I don't know, it's like, I'm constantly curious and anxious about things. And I guess until I take a risk, I will never know for sure, you know. Um, But, yeah, like, uh, I think if you have Hulu and you haven't seen the real world San Francisco, you should definitely watch it. It's definitely a throwback. It took, I mean, yeah, it was, like, filmed in the 90s. And it's just, like, really interesting to see the format. And even if you're not into the 90s and the style, like, I feel like right now we're going through, we went through this whole revival of the 90s and Y2K trends. And people might be over it. But I don't know, there's something about the 90s, not just because I was born in it, but I just, like, feel so connected to the style, the shows, the pop culture, and stuff, and the moments that happened in the 90s. 
And I don't know, maybe it's because, like, I was traumatized throughout my childhood that technically still took place in the 90s that part of my psyche will always be drawn to it. And maybe that's really what it is, but... um, I don't know, there's just something about it that's so fitting to me. The style, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, Even, yeah, recently I've been watching Dawson's Creek and it's like, even that, I'm like, as corny and unbearable that Dawson's Creek can be, I still love it. Like, especially the fashion, like the first, season I'm just like in awe of it like how they were just so spot on with the trends and each season they evolve from going from the late 90s to the early 2000s and you can very much see that like it's just really interesting I like it so I don't know I just thought I'd rant about that today and hopefully I yeah, like, I'll try to record more often these days, so. Yeah, and, you know, if you've gotten this far, thanks for listening. I'll catch you guys later. <laughs>